Hello, everyone, and welcome to Oh, a podcast, the podcast about playing games and making games. Brought to you by Oarock Studios. I'm Paul Franzen, the head boy of Oarock. And I'm Michael Gray. I am the head writer for Oarock. I don't know, that seems kind of inaccurate. Really? I, I understand you've been, you're you're writing a secret project or something? I haven't written everything. <laughs> I don't know. No, but you, you definitely do like the majority of writing for Oarock Studios projects. I, th- I think it's fair to say you're the head writer or, I mean, primary writer doesn't really sound like a, a real job title. I feel like head writer sounds more real. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It could be that I see more of your writing or edits because I I just went through uh, a bunch of scripts today right. for the, the mom's game. Yeah, I just saw in my inbox. It looks like you sent me the next round of revisions. But so what I did this time was I just every single time I, I selected just Oh, I'm trying to find this button, uh, the the next change, next change, mm, next change yeah. button. I'm sorry, it takes me like two minutes on my computer to open Microsoft Word. <laughs> Does that happen on normal computers, or is it just mine? Not with Word on my computer. Photoshop and, for some reason, RenPy take forever to load, but when, uh, Word is, is one of the few that, that opens pretty quickly. Okay, so I'm thinking of under the review tab in Word, mm. there, there's next button for next change. So I just, all I did was go and check the stuff that you changed yeah. just to look at all the edits you made. And so that's why I've just been reading nothing but your stuff <laughs> all day is because I was just checking the edits. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think I think at this point too, uh, hopefully with Mom Game at least, we're we're at the point where... There aren't as many, uh, you know, scenes and lines that we're still trying to nail down at this point. So we've gone through a few rounds on the on the draft at this point. So we're getting pretty far on that. Yeah, yeah, no. Should be pretty close. Yeah. So something I find odd is when I go to the changes and I, I just use previous and next, mm-hmm. it automatically wants to highlight all the comments even if it's a comment that's not new, it oh. <laughs> will still send me to the next comment. Oh, that's kind of annoying. So what I've been doing is been just been deleting a lot of old comments. Yeah. I, I hope that doesn't offend you or anything. No, that's fine. I, I usually... But that's that's why your comments have been disappearing. <laughs> no, I've, I've been trying to do that too once it's like an issue that's resolved or if it's a comment where i just say yes this is really good like once i know you've seen that comment there it's not really necessary for that comment to stick around further so so yeah that that's totally fine well, especially if it's just going to be clogging up the uh, next change button exactly yeah. yep no no problem with that whatsoever all right yeah photoshop does open super slowly on my computer uh, with RenPy, it opens normally, really? but whenever I open like the script in RenPy, it is super slow and, and doesn't work. I have the exact opposite problem. RenPy takes a good like two minutes at least to load on my computer, but the scripts don't give me any issues at all. Wow, that's so weird. Oh, man. Yeah, on my computer, generally what happens is, I mean, I, I loaded RenPy. That's, that's less than half a minute. Mm-hmm. So let me see. I'm on the mom's game. I'm going to hit the script button and time. This is this is fascinating podcast <laughs> material. 
<laughs> oh, hey, it worked normally this time. Well, that's a surprise. That normally doesn't happen. <laughs> um, what <laughs> Normally what happens is it, it will load the script thing, and it says, sorry, error, does not work. And then when I load it the second time, it does wow. work. Wow. What, what, so what program is it opening? That's what usually happens for me. What program is it opening the script files in? Script, whatever default one it comes in. Um, editra. Editra. Editra? Okay. So it could be that there's that there's something weird with that program. I I st- I switched over. I'm using one called Sublime Text now. I set that as the new default, and that seems to work pretty well. But it might also take a little while I, to get I used bet, to. D- or, does it does it do the cool thing where like it will automatically indent things correctly? Um, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good about stuff like that. I would say. So because I use the default one with Renpy, yeah. it does do some of that stuff but i'm you probably know so when it comes to indenting i just prefer to indent things with spaces but oh. uh renpy's default wants you to use the tab button mm-hmm. and it's like well if you've got too many options that you know if you're like three or four deep the tab button just takes you super far on the screen oh that's true yeah if you're if you're many many layers in like suddenly the text is like completely on the right side of the screen and it starts getting impossible to read like it's reading like a column almost with like six words per line if that i understand but definitely if i if i do anything while opening microsoft word that slows down my computer i i meant to complain about it but i didn't <laughs> it's like oh i open microsoft word and the internet browser at the same time Mm, computer's gonna need a couple of minutes to think about that one. I have the uh, the quirk where I can't double click a Word document to open it. If I double click a Word document, it just opens Word and does not open the document itself. Same thing if I try to open the document from the start menu. It just it, it just is like no, you just wanted to open Word, right? You didn't want to look at that specific uh, you know thing that you're working on. Very strange. Do you have the thing where I feel like? 10% of the time or whatever, right-clicking on a, a file just slows down the computer for a long time. I don't I don't have that with this computer. I, I, I have had that in the past. Not with this one. Does you think Microsoft Word, that's like a very common program. You yeah. think they'd have... it? They would have had these problems figured out by now, so it's really <laughs> easy to open and shut it, but no. We're still using both. Both my wife and I are still using the same copy of Word 2007 that she, that we that she first bought when she was like starting grad school. We've just keep installing it on every new computer. So if 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 Word has done anything cool in the past fifteen years, I I do not know about it. <laughs> same with Photoshop, for that matter. I think Photoshop. My Photoshop is from back when I was in college. You're right with Microsoft Word, though. If I just open up Word and then open the document that I'm trying to uh, actually interact with, that goes a lot faster. Oh, look at that! Than just opening the uh, than opening the document uh, right away, huh? That seems like it's an unnecessary step, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I find it very annoying. But what are you gonna do? How often do you, like, turn your computer off? Like, off, off? 
I generally wait until I get the terrible slowdown, and then <laughs> I uh, turn it off. Off. If I can't open something with Windows Media Player, mm. then it's time to turn the computer off. That's been that's like my Canary app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine's uh, mine's my web browser. Oh, hey, there you Canary go. App. I love it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think I haven't turned my computer off or restarted it in a few months at this point. I like I constantly have a ton of programs open too because I sort of like switching between projects a lot. So like. Uh, right now I have, well, I have the files for the podcast open. I also have, uh, uh, two windows open for, uh, a contract I'm working on. And I have two script files for my quote unquote secret writing project open at the moment as well, just because I, cause it's, I find it more annoying to turn them, to close them and reopen them. I just, I just like leaving them open all the time until I'm done, whatever I'm working on. Oh, man. Just reminds me of the good old days with uh with my old old computer. I, I mean, like the the computer I would have had in college. Uh, I had the problem with that one, where it would all of a sudden start making this loud, awful grinding sound, and then like everything would start moving slowly. And the solution to that was to give it a swift kick. <laughs> oh, good times. I feel like I feel like computer problems should be able to be solved by beating up on the computer. You know that was a joke in a movie. I forget which movie, but uh, the teenager did not immediately understand the joke. It's like, what is that person doing? It's like hitting oh, the computer to get it to work. That's how you get it to work. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, the teenagers only had a laptop. I think yeah. I don't know if they used the uh, big stand computers at school. At, at schools these days. Yeah. You can't beat up on a laptop. That's the problem with them. Especially if it's a school laptop. Then you're yeah. in big trouble. <laughs> I think what happens with the schools these days is that I, I think Microsoft and Apple and Google, whichever, are all like racing to donate their laptops to the schools. That way the kids will learn their proprietary mm. software. So uh, the Microsoft computers all have PowerPoint, whereas the Google computers come with the, the Google version of PowerPoint. Right. It's not Google Docs, but yeah. I, so I, I think that's part of the reason why they, these companies are donating all these this computer equipment to the schools. Because, as I just mentioned, my uh, teenager doesn't know how to use PowerPoint. <laughs> so that's um that's something I was just talking about with um some some friends some college professor friends. My wife is a professor, so we were hanging out with some of her colleagues, and and we were sort of talking about like someone had a student that they they sent the assignment to the student in a in a word document file, and the student just like was just bewildered. They had no idea what to do with this file, and it's made me wonder like how much students use computers for outside of schoolwork <laughs> like do they just use their phone for 95 percent of all stuff that we would normally like by default use a computer for like i use my computer for everything I, I only use my phone for like podcasts i feel like the way that um that people growing up now interact with computers is is different than it was when we would have been growing up though you would know more about that than i would yeah i have two different responses uh um, yeah please gosh i know number one like 
PowerPoint was big when I was in high school, and I never had to use it outside of high school, really. <laughs> Maybe it was just our high school because they got the fancy new overhead projectors for their classrooms, and so they were just trying to justify that. But with the way I use computers is... I do a lot of stuff that has to be done on computers. I just do a lot of typing mm-hmm. and writing. And even with stuff like recording video games for my YouTube channel, I could do that on my phone, but it's a lot easier to do that just straight on my computer. Yeah. And in any case, I have to like edit and upload the video. I suppose I could do that on my phone, but my computer's got a lot more space than my phone does. Yeah, bigger screen too. Yep. And... Either way, I have to write a big video description uh, for for the yeah. video. My wife makes fun of me when I uh, use uh, WordPad for a lot of document. Not WordPad. <laughs> Notepad. WordPad. I very occasionally use WordPad. I forgot that WordPad exists. It's when I want to open a document, but I don't want it to be on the list of recently opened documents in Microsoft Word. Now I have to see if WordPad does still exist on my computer. I think it exists. I don't know. WordPad, there it is. Oh my gosh. Wow. I feel like I'm I'm living that uh that meme from Titanic. It's been 87 years or whatever since I last thought about 80, WordPad. 82 years or 82. 84 years, I believe. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, when, so one thing I wanted to talk about in regards to how uh, kids growing up use computers versus our generation. I think it's really interesting that, that like, the generation before us, like, our parents' generation, like, they didn't have computers growing up. They have a they had a certain level of computer literacy. Then we mostly did have them, and we kind of grew up using computers. We grew up knowing computers. We grew up having to use them for everything. And then the current generation is sort of swinging back in the other direction. It, it, it's weird to me. It's interesting and weird to me that, like, our generation in the middle is, like, the computer literate generation. Like, I, you think of each successive generation being more familiar with uh, with technology in that regard as they grow up. And I, and I feel like that's not the case anymore. Uh, although they certainly grow up with cell phones, and they're probably a lot better with those than we are. I think. Part of that is just the way computers work. Like, uh, you look at computers from the 70s and the 80s, and the the amount of technical knowledge you need to be able to play one of those computers, <laughs> that, that bar was set a lot higher than it was during the 90s and the 2000s. Absolutely. Like, it was fairly easy for, say, like, a five-year-old in 1999 to get on a just start a computer and find a pajama sam video game and start playing (laughs) it whereas you know trying to play a a video game in 1979 Mm -hmm. that that would be a complicated process too tough for like a five-year-old kid to figure out yeah, but now the uh, the lines on the bar graph are are splitting apart, right? Because computers are are totally easier now than they were when we were growing up. Like I push a button on my laptop, it's on and doing stuff. I push a button on my computer circa 1995, I have to sit around and wait for <laughs> 15 minutes for it to load and sometimes it crashes and goes to DOS and you know, 
stuff like that. Uh, it, it's interesting that the technology is continuing to get easier and easier, but I feel like computer literacy is, is shooting back down now to where, where I mean, may, maybe not as bad as it would have been with an earlier generation, but it's I don't think it is where it was with ours because people are using cell phones for a lot of the stuff that we would have been using computers for. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it makes, makes me sense. wonder, like, is there going to be a time when people aren't really using computers at all anymore? Like, are they just going to, if they need to type out long documents, are they just going to have a Bluetooth keyboard that connects to their phone? Are they already doing that? Maybe they are. Gosh, yeah. I don't Strange. know. They... Hmm. <laughs> yeah, see? It would be cool to have a Bluetooth keyboard, I suppose. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure phone. that's something I, you can I... do. <laughs> I am terrible at text messaging. That would be great for me. <laughs> or like, I, maybe this isn't a, a highly realistic example, but uh, in the Mighty Ducks television show that that's airing now, that there's a there's a kid that that hosts a podcast, and the way he records his podcast is by plugging a microphone into his smartphone. And I'm like, wow, that's a thing you can do. And I bet the quality isn't even that bad. That's so interesting. Like, meanwhile, I'm sitting here with my USB. Uh, microphone plugged into my laptop like what i think a normal person would do but maybe this isn't normal anymore anyway i just I, yeah I, I find it fascinating how different generations interact with technology in different ways i think that stuff's really cool um but may, maybe we should talk about video games a little bit today specifically with video games how yeah i don't know how do you feel people about people playing games more on console than Mm. Than on computer is that is that a thing is that the case or is it not? See, that's something I certainly think about when I see our sales figures for Pizza Boy on console versus how it compares to PC, and I see that our console version sells many, 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 many times more copies than it does on PC. Um, but I don't know if that's because people are gaming more on a Switch versus a computer, or if it's because there are fewer Switch games and less competition on the Switch, and therefore it's easier for us to to get people's attention on the Switch than it is on Steam, where there's a million games coming out every single day. Like, there's a, there's a much lower barrier of entry to get a game on Steam than it is to get it on the Switch marketplace. Does the sales report differentiate between the different consoles? Because I think uh, it's available, isn't it? It's on it Xbox is. and PlayStation and Switch. Yeah, if you give me a minute, I can I can try to look it up. Well, we can figure out which one of those consoles is more popular. All right, so it looks like um, for the first quarter that Pizza Boy was available for, uh, it oh it actually was pretty much even between Microsoft and uh, PlayStation. Uh, it had only just come out of Switch, so there weren't a ton of Switch sales, but it was almost exactly equal between. Uh, whatever the current Microsoft console is, I can't keep up anymore, and between uh, PS4 and PS5, almost exactly the same. Uh, and then, actually, our sales continue, somewhat surprisingly, to be better on Xbox and PlayStation than on Switch. That is actually not what I would have anticipated. I feel like I feel like visual novels are much, like, almost tailor-made for, for the Switch. But that's your answer. We seem to sell better on Xbox and PlayStation than Nintendo. Okay, I suppose that's it's good to know. I don't know what we could do with that information. <laughs> Not but... really, no, nothing, because I don't know how to put a game on PlayStation or Xbox myself. <laughs> I wonder, uh, 
I think we 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 talked about before how our uh, how Pizza Boy has been pretty good with achievement hunters. Um, so that could certainly be a factor. Nintendo Switch does not have achievements, and PlayStation and Xbox do. So maybe that's why people are gravitating more uh, to the game more on those consoles than on Switch. Mm-hmm. That I think that is certainly a possibility. Um. So. Uh, getting back to the mom game. So the, uh, the script is going along pretty well. I, I suppose we're probably going to move on to coding it, um, at some point. I also made a few new backgrounds for the game, Michael, with the AI art generator. I've had, that's been going pretty well. I, I haven't, uh, sent them to you yet because I've still kind of been messing around, but I made, what, I think five more backgrounds, um... I have the main characters, like, uh, how, or the, like, entryway, I guess, like, kind of the main screen where they're talking with people, uh, and the study, uh, and I have the trailer park, and I have, uh, the U.S. Congressional Office. I thought that one came out pretty well. Let me see if I can dig some of those up. I'll put them in the chat. Should be good, yeah. I, I have found generating art assets to be kind of a fun thing to work on when I get too burned out from writing or editing. Because it definitely, like, it uses a different part of my brain. It sort of lets the the writer brain relax for a little bit and lets me do something else. Uh, here, I'm putting uh, the thing I have for Congress in the chat right now. Like in the um, the prompt, I, I one of the things I told it, I uh, I want a, a U.S. congressional office with a view of the Washington Monument, and you could see that it it gave me that. Which I think is pretty cool. Yes, I know. I really on this far right hand side. Okay, though. so that's kind Miles of... Edgeworth hiding. <laughs> there is in front a creepy of the space person needle. hiding in the shadows. Um, so this 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 image specifically, this is wider than it needs to be for the final game. So the stuff that's on the right would get cropped out. I've been making them a little larger than necessary so that I have a little more wiggle room when uh, cropping it to to sort of get it to look like what I want it to look like. So yeah, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that looks cool. Yeah, I actually. So you see where there's an American flag hanging above? It, it's sort of weird. It looks like it's sort of embedded in the wall. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, I had originally told it yep. to give me a painting of Abraham Lincoln, and it just it decided no, I want to do this instead, <laughs> which I think is strange. Uh, but it worked out. Of course, the um the flag itself looks pretty good. I haven't counted the number of stripes to see if that's accurate, and the stars are sort of all over the place. But um, that could be fixed if we wanted to fix it. Um, yeah, it could be really easy. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, we could even just like get a uh, public domain right, drawing of the flag. I, I don't know when I'll look at the mom's yeah the mom's game art. I probably should. I yeah, we'll get there. I pasted in another picture. This is uh, this is the the main character's house that I've been working on. Again, you could see a creepy anime person on the right hand side of the screen for no discernible reason. <laughs> um, yeah, this I got person's like, hanging out. <laughs> yeah, in the house. Yeah, they will also be cropped out. Um, then and like the view at the window was kind of funky looking too. But I like the fireplace and in the bottom left. There's like. This like weird secret nook built into the bookcase that I thought was kind of fun. I I told it that I wanted what did I say? I wanted like uh, a foyer with heavy oak bookcases and a fireplace. Um, and one more. There's the there's the trailer park I've been working on too. Really like like the mountains and clouds oh, and stuff. Well. I've been very happy with how this has been working out. It's a lot of fun to to do. 
like I said, it's a nice break from from different activities. We we were also working on Cat President Three this past month, coming up with outlines for the various uh, pathways. So what we did was we we came up with like seven seven different uh, possible pathways and, and cut one of them. I think that's what we did with Cat President Two as well. Mm-hmm. I, it's been too long; I can't remember if we did that with Cat President One or not. I don't. Yeah, I don't know that we did. We definitely did with the second one though, because that's how the twins' pathway got cut. Yeah, and is now making a a <laughs> reappearance. I feel like that's kind of a good idea. It should ground the game to use the pathway that got cut from the previous Absolutely. game. Absolutely. Yep, and I'm, I think the uh, the pathways all sound pretty cool. I'm I'm excited to watch the musical Cats so that I can understand the Cats themed pathway. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh that... <laughs> no! Get get the uh, stage version <laughs> and not the uh, the movie version. <laughs> so I I I forget if I mentioned this. I have a copy of the uh, the the VHS stage version i think sitting around i just never watched it <laughs> so oh, they did re-release that yeah. on uh i think dvd because because we saw it i think i have a pretty exciting evening ahead of me with that so i guess uh i guess i'll let you watch that before uh asking about the character based on the yeah. uh, jelly jellicle or jelly jam or whatever his name is <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'll just ask, and you could decide if we cut this from the... Yeah. Are, are, are we seeing this character as an actual cat, or is it going to be somebody in, like, cat's oh, makeup? God. Like... I was assuming it was a cat. <laughs> Do you oh, think... Oh, you it... didn't think it was going to be, like, a cat's cosplayer? I don't know if we could even get those costumes. I guess it could be. Do you think it should be? That would be... I have no idea. Something... And and at that point, do we like do we mention it or do we not? <laughs> All the characters in the pathway are just people, yeah, cats, cosplayers. Oh man! All right, I'm I'm looking at Amazon right now. Cats musical costume. Oh no! Is I'm sure we could afford one cat costume for one model. I don't know if we can afford eight of them for eight models. There are definitely people who cosplay um, as oh, that's true. Yeah. characters. Okay. But that one involved hmm. like hunting them down and asking them oh, questions. It's just showing me pictures of cats dressed as pumpkins. Come on. Huh. That is a very interesting idea that honestly it did not even occur to me that we might do a person in a cat's costume. That's a really interesting idea. Mm. Yeah. All right. I think, yeah, the, the question then becomes... If we do that for the main character, like, do we have to do that for all of them? And if so, how do we do that? How do we get that many people in Gosh, that's all of them. cats' costumes? Like, yeah. If we try to find people who already have the costumes, how do we do that? Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll table that. And I'm sure what's going to happen is that you're going to watch cats and you're going to love love a character that I, I cut out. You're going to be like, "Where, where's the Gumby cat? I want, I want Jenny <laughs> Any Dots in here. <laughs> Forget skimble shanks. Uh, I think what's going to happen is I'm going to watch it and I'm not going to understand a single thing that has happened. I wonder if we need to find like what if what maybe we need to find like a community theater that is like in the process of doing their version of cats and then just contact them and ask if their actors want to be in our game. 
Is there like a community theater that does it? I thought it was like Broadway only or something. Uh, let's, uh, let's see. Jeez, is it only on Broadway? Because, I mean, we just saw, they just did Sweeney Todd at our community theater, for example. That is a Broadway musical, but they still do, like, local performances. I thought that was, like, the whole point of something being on Broadway is that you can't see it anywhere that's else. That's true. I don't know. No, that's true. That's, like, with Hamilton. Like, I, th- I, th- I think it's, like, depends on, on the show. Because, like, for ha- Hamilton, for example, you, like, they definitely haven't allowed anyone else the rights to perform Hamilton. But I think other musicals do give people the rights to to put it on and i think maybe it just depends on the show but yeah maybe that's maybe that's something uh i need to research this week i could i could start trying to see if i could find anyone putting on cats like that like that could legitimately be a way to get those pictures is if we found a group that thought this was interesting enough that they would be willing to do that um I mean, we could also try to get in touch with people in the furry community to see if they would be interested. I don't know if the costumes would uh, would quite look the same, though. They might look more like like costumed Disney characters as opposed to uh, yeah, like the, the the cats. The musical style is like a very specific type of costume. I feel like a very specific look, like especially with the face and hair. I guess what I was going to ask about the. Uh... I guess the gender of the cats, because I was thinking, I was mm. like, well, I might have to keep Jellicle male if it's going to be one of the two of us dressed in a cat's costume. <laughs> oh, uh, that's a good point, too. Unless it's like, like yeah, like the full body costume where you can't even see the head. Um, but with, with, like I was saying, that doesn't really, isn't really the same thing as a cat's the musical costume, but that would be one that would hide the character, the character's gender. I was going to say, as I think I've said at some point in the past, there's really no plot to cats. The The plot is just, we've got 20 different cats. Each cat shows up and sings a song about themselves for <laughs> five minutes, and then they go away and never get mentioned again. Um, yeah, I'm very, very interested, uh, excited, and a little bit scared to see how this pathway turns out. <laughs> I really now I cannot get the idea of of a human dressed as a cat from the musical Cats out of our out of my head now. <laughs> That's a oh, no. It's <laughs> a really funny idea. Um, you were so you were saying about uh about gender for the characters. Um, so I have I did notice uh in the outline you provided that you you did have like different cats being male and female, which is already. Uh, different from what we've done in the past. In the past, uh, all of the dateable characters have been male, um, but it looks like we we are going to be switching that up in this game. Now, were you thinking that like those characters would be like would be male, female, whatever, or were you were you thinking that uh, the player would be able to define that? Like I think we talked about at one point. Yeah, I was wondering if that's what we should do. I don't think any of the characters really have any set. Yeah set gender except um about like cat number three and uh cat number six just has a cool male name though oh so yeah I, I think that was like one of the two names where you said hey i like this name we can keep this name <laughs> as opposed to the others where it's like okay you have 20 suggestions <laughs> for a different better name oh i tried i don't know uh, yeah, I mean, that was something I, I thought would be sort of interesting. Uh, I, I forget if we talked about this specifically on the podcast, but I had the I had the thought that, like, 
you know, at the start of the game when you're choosing your character, you could uh, you could have different choices. Like you could say you want all the cats to be male, you want them to be female, you want them all to be non-binary, you want a mix. And and I think like I I think I could program it so that if you wanted a mix, like the game would just randomly determine what each cat's gender would be. Oh, that's not so hard to program with the, yeah. uh, I guess the Babysitter's Club Goosebumps crossover. That's sort of how I program the, the character names, which is just pick the character's names for me and make it random is, is like mm. one of the options. And basically what happens is uh, it rolls a random number generator, picks from one to three. And if it's one, the character's name is X. If it's two, the character's name is Y. And so on. I just do that with every single one of the, the various characters. Oh. So perfect. I wouldn't even have to figure it out. I could just steal your code from that game. Just steal my yeah. code. Yeah, I, I did that with the 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 mom's game even better. too. I think. Yeah. With this cool. new version that I I sent back to you because you had multiple names suggested mm-hmm. and I didn't want to pick <laughs> uh, pick a name for any of the characters. So it's like, okay, well, there are three names I like. Let's just have the player pick from, like, the three names oh, that's that I fun. thought were okay. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hopefully be checking that out tomorrow. Oh, cool. I had no idea that the characters' names were still placeholder names at this point oh. in time. I thought those were <laughs> I'm sorry. already set in stone. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. My bad. I, I think I... I I I wanted to change them just because I kept getting them all confused in my head. <laughs> I couldn't remember who was who. So that's why you keep calling uh yeah. the one lawyer mom, I suppose. No, I mean I mean it works. We've got all the the last names. Uh, I guess the character can't the player can't pick the last names. The last names are stuck yeah. or set in stone. And I just enjoy brainstorming name ideas. <laughs> yeah. One of the names I picked was Cardoon, and mm. like I said, I completely forget why I looked that up when I was in the process of writing the script. <laughs> it, it was a, a word I had never heard before, but it came as a result when I was looking up something, and I just went with it. Ah, uh, yes, it's a it's a type of plant, artichoke thistle. Why would I be looking up artichoke <laughs> thistles? That can't be it. <laughs> What does this character have Did to the... do with that? I don't know. Like, I don't think this character has anything to do no. with Cardoons. <laughs> no, but it, 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 the name sounds like this type of character. Even if, well, I guess, uh, I don't know, it's, it's a thistle. It's kind of prickly. This character's kind of prickly. Uh, what is it? Uh, and it's bitter. This guy's bitter, right? This cat is bitter. I guess, I, I, I guess generally, I think in, I don't know when when people name their their characters mm. like after a plant. Usually, they like they there's a thought process before <laughs> it decides. It just sounds good. It's not just the name. Yeah, had you yeah had you come across the the word cardoon like recently? Do you think like you would never like, never okay? <laughs> no, like for whatever reason, it came into my search results when I was searching for something while writing this script, <laughs> and I said that works. Apparently, it is a labor-intensive crop. Oh, no. Tastes like a bitter version of the giant artichoke. I don't know what a giant artichoke tastes like. Expensive. 
<laughs> like an artichoke, it takes a lot of work for little reward. And maybe that is, uh, maybe that reflects the main character's relationship with this person. <laughs> you have to put a lot of work into it and you don't really get a lot out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually accurate, but it sounds good. <laughs> yep. I guess another thing. We need to set in stone for the Cap President 3 is figuring out how the main character... I know you sent me right. like a list of ideas of what the main character's backstory should be. Mm-hmm. Do you think the main character needs like a best friend character like in mm. Cap President 1? The best friend Lizzie showed up in a lot of pathways, but in Cap President 2, we... I guess we got to see the main character's parents. Yeah, but yeah. I think that was the only real glimpse into the the main character's life was one pathway her parents yeah became important because they were uh they support the other political party. <laughs> I did enjoy that subplot. I don't know, do you want to have a best friend or do you want to have another character that relates to this character's backstory and past in some way? Uh that's interesting. Actually, a Cat President One not only not only had the best friend, but it also had uh, the teacher and the ex boyfriend too. We had a lot of characters uh, that related to the main character. I think two just had the uh, parents. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> um, I mean, it could be what. Uh, gosh, yeah. So we need to figure out the the main character. I know. Yeah. I'll try to find the email that says what the oh yeah because i was i was trying to brainstorm ideas for what the the intro for this one could be which would probably help us figure out a lot of this stuff and i and i had the random idea that it might be interesting if if this character instead of being in their early 20s was like in their mid to late 30s or something but maybe that's just on my head in my mind right now because that's where i am that's my age (laughs) but it would also be different yeah it did I guess I felt like uh, in the original Cat President, the part of the reason behind the main character being younger was um, the character had never gotten involved in politics before. Right, and yeah. that, that seems like something which is kind of true of somebody who is like in their early 20s to, oh, now I have to care about <laughs> politics because I'm not in school anymore. Yes. Very now I get accurate. to care about boring adult stuff. <laughs> yep, she never even voted before. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I dare mean, you I do say, have to vote for the first line. time after you turn eighteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. So, do we do we say like I don't know if we actually even how explicit we are about what the characters' ages are, but but like Cat One is definitely like early twenties. Is in Cat Two is is it, is she also early twenties? Do you think she's like mid to late twenties? I feel like she's she's more a little more jaded and sarcastic. I remember that being sort of a, a design choice that we made early on. And I wonder if that's that that has mm-hmm. come with with the age and experience of being a 25-year-old as opposed to a 21-year-old. Very much so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like what we're going to do is, here in Cat President 3, our person is going to be younger-ish... To the point where they can't remember a president before DJ Nibbles. How's okay. That? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I like that. That's cool. That's what I think I'll do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. But I feel like like that's even the case where um, people only remember one to two presidents back in general. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean. I mean. Yeah. 
like growing up, I knew Ronald Reagan and George Bush were people, but I, you know, didn't pay attention to them. I was only like, you know, Bill Clinton and W. Bush that, that were presidents that I was at all aware of. Yeah, because they got mentioned on comedy shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was my main familiarity with them. They were comedy fodder, uh, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, seeing parodies of them on SNL. Oh, and uh, Animaniacs. Bill Clinton plays the sax, of course. Yes, that's right. Yes, Animaniacs with its thrilling political commentary, <laughs> I'm sure. I uh, I found the email where I, I brainstormed some ideas for what like the intro would be. I'm trying to see here if anything goes with that. Um, I had the idea that, like, main character could be visiting a state fair and the the cats all have tables there uh the cats are knocking on doors uh all right this <laughs> main character is an internet troll and she tweeted at them and said if they want to win they should hire her and they take her up on it uh she could be uh they all go to a pet store to get groomed for the big debate and she's the groomer she's volunteering as, at a shelter and she met them all as kittens and that doesn't really work uh, yeah, I don't know. I I might uh I might have to think up some more ideas. Yeah, I guess I'll think around some ideas too. But that was yeah. something that just like kind of immediately came up when trying to write uh the first pathway was where where is where are the characters standing right now? <laughs> <laughs> because it's like obviously the main character is there, and so is the candidate and a uh, certain other character, too, but I don't want to go too much into that. Ooh, another question. Should I come up with, like, titles for the chapters? I think that was something we did with the first game, but not with the second one. Um, well, in, in the chapter screen, I usually have the, like, chapter two in which blah, 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 blah text. Yeah, because I, I copy-pasted the DJ Nibbles uh, script, mm -hmm. Just to have a reference, this is what the original scripts looked like. And, you know, they all had chapter titles. Like, maybe next next time I should pick a candidate. Who knows what That's they're doing. That's right, yeah. I think so. I think that when you had those... DJ Nibbles <laughs> chapter one. When you had those chapter titles like that, I would I would, I would adapt them to the in which format. So I remember that one specifically because it's uh, in which we wonder if we should have picked a candidate who has any idea what they're doing. I think was that one. All right, I'll, I'll just... I'll put an in which uh, as a note to myself to write down an in which format. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I think, I think that worked pretty well. Um, I think too, something I want to do this time. I did this. So with cat president two, uh, I had labels for the save file. So it would, it would say like Mr. Biscuits chapter one of 10, because I noticed let's players either saying that they, they don't know how far they are into the game or, being confused when the game was longer than they thought it was going to be. I might actually even think about putting that on the chapter screen so that there's no question anymore. So it could be like, Cardoon chapter 1 out of 10, in which blah blah blah. That's something I've been thinking about. Mm -hmm. Do you have a preference when it comes to... Uh, with the script, do you have any preference when it comes to font or size? It looks like the original one I just used... Calibri size 11 and that's what I did. Yep, that's totally fine. I think that's just that was just the default. I'm sure whatever is is fine. It shouldn't be too big of an issue on my end. Yep, and each chapter was 5 pages and mm -hmm. it looks like there is 
just a space after every paragraph, which is fine. It's a space between every line. Alrighty. Oh man, this email about uh, ideas for the intro is where we were talking about burgers too, and how much I like Burger King, and now I'm hungry for Burger King. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, that was a topic we had in the uh, the previous. <laughs> That's podcast. right. Yeah. Oh, man, wait, I <laughs> forget. Did did you get the uh, the Happy Meal for Grown Ups that came out last year? Or, I mean, last month at McDonald's. Oh, it came out last month? Yeah. No, they don't have it at our place. Uh... It's being sponsored by some sort of group I'd never heard of before. Oh, I'd never heard of it either. So I assume maybe yeah. that's an East Coast only. Oh, okay, okay. No, never. It's like a well, I guess it's a good way brand. to get people to know about your brand. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to get people to know about your brand is I guess... advertise with McDonald's. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember what the name of the brand is. I just know that I... For some reason, all the McDonald's characters had four eyes, and I think that has something to do with the weird brand. Oh, maybe that's it. Yeah. But I was I was very excited to be literally the first person at that McDonald's who had even asked for one. So they did not seem to know what it was or Whoa. what button to push on the register. Because I thought there were lots of people that were complaining. Yeah. I mean, that was a... Not at this one. A clickbait ad. A clickbait article that went around the rounds was, oh, all these people from McDonald's hate the adult Happy Meal because they don't stack well, (laughs) and they require a little extra preparation time compared to the normal Happy Meal, I guess. Well, nobody at this uh, rest stop on Interstate whatever in Pennsylvania seemed to be ordering a lot of adult Happy Meals. I did learn that I don't really like... It was what the Big Mac. I don't like Big Macs. I don't. There's too much bread in there. I don't. I don't want that many buns. It's too many. That's because it's got an extra bun in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. The bun is the worst part of the burger. I I prefer burgers with that with zero buns. Certainly not three. This is insanity. <laughs> Sorry, I've driven us off topic. Uh, do you want to answer? Well, some... That's their signature thing <laughs> that makes them different from all the other <laughs> yes. places. Oh, it, they, absolutely. They're stuck with it now. It's they so bad, stuck though. With it now. It's so bad. Oh, it was either, and you could only you could get that or the chicken McNuggets. I'm like, oh, I don't like McNuggets. I guess I have to get this crappy bread burger. All right. <laughs> Can you order the burger without an extra bun? How is I mean, that different from just, like, a double patty burger? I mean, if I was smart, I would have just taken the bun out myself. <laughs> Should we talk did about this? Did you listen? try the uh, Halloween uh, burger no. for, for for Burger King? No, that one's scary. That one's too no, scary. No, you did not. No. <laughs> I tried the one from <laughs> right. a few years ago, but this one is supposed to be, like, really spicy, I think. It's too scary for me. The Yeah, it's got... The, the spicy cheese was, was quite Man, spicy. It's got ghost peppers. I'm not entirely sure what ghost peppers are, so mm. I cannot speak to that. Oh, wait, did you try it? Yeah, I I, I really couldn't taste the ghost, ghost peppers, to be honest. It oh, tasted right. like fried something, because it's fried. So <laughs> all I could taste well, was Maybe the it's frying. not too scary, then. Oh, it's still spicy, though. Hmm. Yeah, not Why my is preference. it called a ghost pepper? Uh, should... <laughs> okay. You should we talk touch about them listener because questions? They burn your skin. Oh, sorry. I'm just checking. Yeah, we could talk about listener questions and tr- 
Don't touch ghost peppers with your bare hands. All right, all right, fine. I won't. <laughs> Wait, but you can eat them? That apparently is the case. But, like, you're touching skin inside your mouth, aren't you? I guess it doesn't count. Maybe that's why they were all, huh. like, fried at, at Burger King. That's probably why. You mm. had <laughs> to get the ghosts out of it. You <laughs> had to fry the ghost away. Yes. <laughs> I would like to do listener questions now. <laughs> oh, but I I could go on to how they fried the uh, garlic at the garlic burgers on uh at at Burger King. Garlic burgers. They have garlic burgers. What's a garlic burger? They had those at one point. <gasps> garlic and bacon king. Look at that double garlic and bacon king. Huh. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Is that extra garlic or? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. It could be just double patty. I'm not sure. But in that case, it just felt like they just. It felt like it was deep fried little bits that you were having, rather than tasting super much like garlic. Yeah, because the garlic. Looks oh God! Like yeah, I'm looking at it. I, or something like, like that. Yes, I'm looking at it right now. There's just like sliced hunks of garlic in it. That is weird. That's not like how garlic usually works, is it? Yeah, and so that's how that's how the ghost peppers work on the ghost pepper whopper. They they look very oh. much like that. Maybe maybe oh, smaller. No. That was the last point I had to make, I guess, on that weird topic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but now I can talk about the nightmare burger from a few years ago. <laughs> oh no, well, how did that work? Did you ever get that one? That was the one where the advert that was also Burger King, the Nightmare Whopper. That was the one where the advertising claimed that it would literally give you nightmares that night after you ate it. <laughs> yes, I, 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 I remember those ads. I just did not try that. <laughs> I did. I think that was the one that was like, what, a beef patty and then also chicken and bacon on it, I think. Unless I'm mixing that up with a different one. they say it's the protein and cheese that leads to vivid drains. But it's like, don't most burgers (laughs) have protein and cheese? Like, meat and cheese seems like a standard ingredient for cheeseburgers. (laughs) Feels like those are the defining ingredients. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Burger King says their scientific study found that it's true. And that chowing down on this massive burger before bedtime makes someone 3.5 times more likely to have vivid dreams. Okay. (laughs) Vivid dreams is different from nightmares, I guess. Yeah. Listener questions. Listener questions. Listener questions. Let's move on to listener questions. Oh, that's a good idea, Michael. Uh, This Mm -hmm. one comes to us from uh, Timothy Mark over on the Discord. What is a game that you love but feel is severely underappreciated or unknown? I, I believe you were telling me before we started recording that you had an answer for this. Oh, yeah. I mean, back in the day, one of my favorite games was the MC Kids. It was the McDonald's game, which came out apparently around the same time as Super Mario Brothers 3, and it just sort of got poo-pooed as a Super Mario Brothers 3 knockoff. And there was no tie-in. They were going to do, like, a tie-in at the restaurants, but they they did not. And so it was just sort of released on its own. And so not too many people knew about it. And I, I feel like that plays a part into, like, why it's sort of unknown and unplayed was that uh, 
either people don't know about it or the people who've heard of it said, oh, it's just a Mario Bros. 3 knockoff and then didn't play it. Oh, I'm looking I'm looking at screenshots. It really does look like a Mario game. Even has like the same yeah. kind of world map. Huh. Yeah, exact actually you're right. The word world map exactly the same. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. I I thought the game was interesting when when I played it. It does definitely play like a a, a Mario game, but I feel like Mario games are popular and so that shouldn't be like a thing <laughs> that destroys it and makes you say it's terrible. Hmm. Yeah, it's 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 also of an era where, quote unquote, licensed games were were really looked down on, and especially ones that were tied into like corporate advertising like this. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, people did didn't give it a fair shake for those reasons. Maybe I'm going to give this a shot. My my game that I love but is severely underappreciated or unknown. Um, uh, I don't know. Have I talked about the game Pain? <laughs> on this podcast before. I don't think so. <laughs> P-A-I-N, Pain. It was this game that I was really into. Uh, it was PlayStation 3, so around that time, like 2008, 2009, somewhere around there. And it's this ridiculous, like, I guess, I guess you would call it like a physics-based game where you have to launch a person with a gigantic slingshot into a cityscape and then kind of maneuver them and manipulate them around the city and try to cause as much pain to that person. <laughs> and now that I'm saying this, it really makes me sound like a sociopath, but <laughs> it was a really bizarre, cartoony game. I've seen ads for a similar game where the goal is to cause as much pain to this this uh, person yeah. as possible, but... Like after you after you launch them, like you can sort of move the joystick, and it, and it doesn't do a lot. You can only sort of nudge them in different directions, and you can also like grab onto things. So like one thing you try to do is like you try to launch them at the donut shop with the giant donut on top of the building, and have them grab onto the donut. The donut starts rolling off the building and repeatedly squishing them over and over again as it rolls down. Like you get points for doing stuff like that. It was an extremely silly game that I that I played a lot with my friends because it had a multiplayer mode where you just see who can get the most points by hurting the person the most. Suddenly feels really bad that I like this yeah. game. <laughs> but I never I never heard like anyone talk about it. That that's why I wanted to mention it here is because it was it was huge with my friends group. It was like it was one of our go to games for a, for a long time. But I'd never heard like anyone else ever talk about this game. And I don't even know if you can even still get it anymore if the PlayStation 3 store servers are, are up anymore. I don't know if it's even technically possible to play this game anymore. I was going to say, uh, maybe maybe Life in the Dorms could get a, a bit more love, I suppose. Oh, that's very nice of you to say. We got a new review on Steam for it the other day where the person said that they no longer have the patience for this game that they used to have when they played it on Xbox. Ouch. <laughs> uh, it's alright. But yeah, uh, I think that about does it for this month's episode. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Paul M. Franzen. Michael is at Argelfump, spelled exactly as it sounds. You can check out all of our games on PC and occasionally on console. Or you can just visit orock.com for the complete library. 
Our theme song is by Fifth Avenue. You can check them out on SoundCloud. And finally, if you have any questions about game development or our game specifically, we'd love to hear them. Email them to podcast at orock.com. Is there anything you'd like to add, Michael? I can also be found on YouTube at Argle because YouTube <laughs> has instituted channel handles. So that's that's sort of their new thing. And I I picked that. So you, I can be found as ArgleFumpf or as Argle. So I don't what? know if people will actually if that actually works. If somebody could actually like just type in Argle and I show up, I feel like that's already the case. Like if somebody types in Argle, it, it's gonna automatically pick Argle Fumpf as the person you're looking for because it's not like there are any others to confuse it with. But I did. I just want to point out that's happened, and nobody's noticed it or, or mentioned it to me. So I have no idea. <laughs> so how I, I just tried it. This new handle. I is. just tried it on my web browser. If I type in youtube.com slash argle, it doesn't work. If I type in youtube.com slash at symbol argle, that does it. Actually, that took me to argle fump reads. Is that what it was supposed to do? Yeah, I think so. I don't okay, know. Okay, cool. No, 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 no. That was it. Yeah. Oh, the Westing so game. Okay. I feel like I read that pretty recently. Oh, man. Yeah, that's some that people... That's a popular one, isn't it? I'll, I'll have to look up Westing game. Westing game. That was a that was a mystery novel, right? That I think it's like one of those books that a lot of kids read in school that, that I didn't. It's a Newbery Award winning novel. Um, hmm. Which is kind of amazing, I suppose. But uh, it looks like, just judging from the comments, there are plenty of people that have to read it for school, and they either didn't yeah. understand it or couldn't figure out what was going on. And so <laughs> they they liked my summary. Like, this helped a lot. Thank you. Very, very helpful. It was confusing to read this the whole time. I read this for class. I said, I'll just take the F. Um, <laughs> yeah. I do totally understand the the criticism of the Westing game having to keep track of too many characters because there are sixteen characters. Because I remember that specifically mentioning that in my review is like the author's being clever here because there are sixteen people on a chessboard, and so each of the sixteen characters can represent one chess piece. I feel like that's definitely on purpose. That the author was definitely going with that with all the chess metaphors and such. But in my review, it's like, okay, I'm just going to mention the important ones, like the basic things, rather than explain all 16 characters, because otherwise it would have been a super long video. So I think that's <laughs> why it's really helpful for people uh, yeah. to watch the review. That way they don't have to read the entire book, because I leave out the, <laughs> the less important stuff. <laughs> I was going to say, you should definitely do more reviews of books that kids have to read for school. Maybe there's a market for you. Yeah, wow, I like this. It's like, thank you so much. I had to do this because my assignment's due tomorrow, and I read basically nothing. Me too, same, amen, <laughs> same. <laughs> oh, I Comments love it. on that, so... How does it feel knowing that you're that you're helping, you're helping kids uh, shirk their school assignments? <laughs> I'm a terrible person now. <laughs> um... <laughs> All right, goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. A story will be told. Go! 
Oh, that's a good point. I didn't consider whether the the bun was was booby trapped. <laughs>